Welcome to the Deepwater Podcast. I'm Dave Mercer. I'm James Judd. And our goal on this podcast is to learn to make disciples the way Jesus made disciples. Yes, sir. Hey, welcome to another episode of the Deepwater Podcast. I'm really excited today to be bringing you another redemption story. This is the story of God's redemption of a man named Stephen. One of the things that I love most about this story is that, one, it starts off with the pure Bible. It's the Bible that grabs him when he's ready to turn. And then it's followed up by a man that begins to disciple him. And you're going to hear about that in this story. It's a great story. Buckle your seatbelts, and here we go with Stephen Harney. I am so excited to have you uh, on the podcast, and I've been wanting to hear your story ever since I was at your wedding and uh, <laughs> just snippets of it as your preacher kind of, kind of shared your story as part of your wedding things. And I'm, you know, I got three little kids that I'm trying to keep contained and listen to the story <laughs> and all that. But um, I knew, right. I knew right at that point in time that I wanted to hear your story. So, so start me, start me back in the beginning. Tell me about your life growing up. And, uh, like how far back in the beginning? Yeah, like in the beginning, God created Evans <laughs> in the earth. All right, well, uh, from there. There you go. Right, right. Yeah, in the beginning, I was born in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, and uh, yeah, I had a, uh, you know, a uh, mom and dad, uh, little brother. Uh, you know, my dad, um, my dad had a uh, little bit of a, a lot of drug and alcohol uh, addiction issues, and so about uh, when I was about four years old, it was, uh, you know, he left. And so it was uh, uh, me and my little brother and uh, my mom. And, you know, she she played both parents for the longest time. And, um, yeah, I was sports in school and, uh, you know, a real good student, real good, uh, you know, played played soccer, a little bit of basketball, you know. You know, just your all-American kid, you know. Uh-huh. You know, thinking back on it now, church wasn't, a you know, a, a big part of it at all. You know, we, we went on Christmas and, you know, Easter, and, you know, all those kind of things that, you know, to keep mm-hmm. you right. And then uh, – I actually uh, wanted to uh, wanted to be a cowboy, so I decided I was going to go to Oklahoma State University. Uh-huh. You know, go Pokes. Little shout uh-huh. out there. I got there, and it's kind of the first time I got away from home, and um, I had some uh, some liberties and some freedoms that uh, I just kind of kind of went with. You know, mom was so so strict back home. Yeah, I mean, in a good way. I mean, you know, it was uh-huh. uh, you know, made your bed. You know, there's no partying or anything like that, and you know, which is for a you know, um, a family didn't go to church, you know, that was, Hey, you know, we were, you know, mm-hmm. we're doing pretty good. Mm-hmm. Kind of make this part short. Um, you know, literally whatever I could smoke, I'd smoke and, uh, whatever I could snort, I'd snort. Mm-hmm. Whatever I could drink, I'd drink. Uh-huh. So that went on for, uh, for quite a bit of time. Was that like you just dove in when you got to college or did it kind of start like this gradual? Uh, no, it, it, it was kind of, kind of a dive in, you know, thing. Mm-hmm. It was, uh, you know, I kind of kept to myself throughout high school. You know, I had a, I had a few friends that I had ever since I was I was young. Uh, you know, real good friends. And then, uh, you know, I kind of, I don't know, just kind of went crazy. You know, you know, just realized that you know, mom wasn't around anymore. You know, and uh, I didn't think that I had any kind of, uh, you know, anybody to to keep me grounded. Uh-huh. And so, as uh, as those years went along, you know, it progressively got worse. I was a uh, I was a meth addict, okay. weighed about 145 pounds, uh, couldn't keep a job. Hmm. I, uh, and were you, were you out, of 
were you out of college at this point in time? Yes. Or? Yeah. Yeah, I was. I'd say, uh, you know, I was only in college for about a year and a half and then they, you okay. know, they told me it was about time to go. And uh, yeah. so, you know, I took off and, you know, decided I was going to, I was going to work and started waiting tables. And, you know, there was a certain lifestyle that was uh, along with, uh, you know, working at night and everything and, you know, started tending bar and um, uh, just, you know, the money was there and the responsibility wasn't. Mm-hmm. So we just, uh, just kind of went off the deep end. And so, uh, when I was about um, 24, uh, I was uh, actually was married before and uh, got divorced a couple years later. Um, you know, still had a really bad addiction problem. You know, the, the meth started getting worse uh-huh. to where um, I actually started selling it because I couldn't keep a job. Uh, uh-huh. Were you trying to kick it at all at this point in time? Oh, no, 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 no. Okay. Um, there, was, there was one time in between that, uh, you know, I kind of, came a little bit to my senses, you know, I, I'd built up some fines and, you know, some things with the law that I needed to take care of. And, uh, you know, my mother came to me and said, Hey, you know, it's, you know, whenever you have a problem, when especially an addiction, you don't ever think that anybody else knows. I mean, wow. you're in your own little world and, uh, you know, but mama knew. And so, uh-huh. uh, you know, mama came and kind of said, Hey, you know, we'll, we'll get you all squared and straight away. If you, uh, you know, if, if you go to rehab. So that was in, uh, 2012. I went to a rehab there for about 40 days. Um, you know, it was a, it was a secular rehab. Mm-hmm. I get out and I stayed sober for about, uh, oh, for about a year mm-hmm. and then slowly started drinking again. And then that turned into, uh, meth use again. Um, and this time it was, uh, you know, it was, uh, like on steroids. I mean, it was, it was, it was really bad. And once again, couldn't keep a job. Uh, so I started to, uh, to sell, sell drugs again. And then it got to a point where um, I actually uh, I was arrested uh, for a uh, for grand larceny. Okay. Amongst you know I've I've had about uh, I've had three DUIs along with that. And so uh, here's where the story kind of really really starts getting good. If it hadn't been good yet, <laughs> um, so <laughs> I remember it was uh, it was May the fifth of 2015. And, um, I'm sitting in my apartment and I realized I need to go turn myself in. I'd, I'd missed a couple court dates and they were going to come get me anyways. You know, I always believed in God. He and I were not really good friends at the time. Um, mm-hmm. or so I thought, um, and I really didn't want much to do with him. And so as I'm sitting there, I realized I'm going to go turn myself in. This ended up being, yeah, May the 5th. It was a Wednesday. I go and I, I get the last, um, uh, little bit of meth that I'm going to do. I decide, you know, what, I'm gonna get high for one last time. And, that was the last time that I said last time. <laughs> so shortly after, uh, shortly after, you know, using it, I heard a knock. Like I'm talking within a couple of minutes, there's a knock at my front door and uh, you can kind of see through the, uh, through the window there, through the, through the curtains. And there's a patch on a gentleman's arm and you automatically knew it was a police officer. So they came and, uh, I won't go through any of those details, but they came and they got me. So on, on May the 5th, I was, uh, um, I was arrested and booked into a the Ponca City Jail. Um, I was there for a total of two weeks um, before going on to others. But while I was there, uh, you know, I got I got sobered up. Um, I got very bored being in my eight by six cell. Um, you know, the only time you know of day you know what it is is uh, by what food that you get. Uh, um, and you know, they they don't let you out. And so finally, I was like, you know what? I would love something. To, you know, we're gonna we're gonna try this. So I asked the guard, and um, I know it was a, a female guard, 
you know, she had came by and I said, Hey, you know, may I get something to read? And she goes, absolutely. I'll be right back. And so she returns after a little bit and she slides right through the bar. She slides a new Testament and I look at it for a little <laughs> bit. And, you know, I kind of flag her back down when she's coming back by. Said, you know, can I get something else from me? You know, I, I don't really <laughs> think this is my style, you know? And she goes, you know what? I think it is. I think you need to hold on to that. And I said, no, really, maybe I need something different. And she goes, no, you're going to hold on to it because that's the only thing you're going to be getting. So with that, I, uh, I stared at it for a few more days, you know? Uh Um, and finally I was like, you know, Hey, this all at least will entertain me. I I heard this is a good book, you know, never read it before, (laughs) but you know what, we'll give it a try. And so, uh, one night I started reading, let's call this about May the 12th. Okay. That's what I call my, uh, you know, the day. Uh And so, um, I started reading, you know, I read through the first four, first four books and realized that, hey, those four really, really sound alike. I, th- I think we might be onto something here. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I, I stayed up the whole rest of the night. Don't really know how long I stayed up, but I know that I read through the entire New Testament. Wow. It, it really kind of hit me. And I, I went back to John and in John 1, it talks about that, uh, you know, that the light had entered the world and that the darkness could not overcome it. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's what I knew in my life. You know, I knew that my life was darkness. And, and, and I realized at that moment that what I was reading was true. Mm-hmm. And um, that, this, that this Jesus was for me and that this Jesus loved me. And this Jesus was here to save me. So I remember hitting my knees in that jail cell. And I grabbed onto the bars. And I just looked up and I just got tears running. And I just looked up and, you know, kind of said something to this effect where, you know, Lord, I just, uh, I don't know how to do this. <laughs> I said, my way doesn't work. I said, I know that this is true. What I've read, I said, you showed it to me. You've opened my eyes, you know, just guide me. And from that point on, life has been completely different. Um, so remind you, that was, uh, that was May the 12th of uh, 2015. So and the only reason I say that is in a very short amount of time, I mean, what is this? What's the date today? The January or February 25th. Of 2008 or 2019. Yeah. So that's a very short amount of time. And in that amount of time, I went from jail to jail. Um, we started doing church, you know, in jail. Um, mm-hmm. They ended up bringing me more books. They started bringing me, uh, uh, you know, like a Bible with a, with a Bible study in it, you oh. know. Um, and so we, you know, Brooke was talking about disciples earlier. You know, we were, we were talking, we were kind of making disciples out of each other in there, just using the word. I mean, that's how effective the word is. That's how powerful it is, is that if you truly want it and you truly open your heart and your mind and your soul, that you are going to get it and uh-huh. you're going to realize that it's true. Uh-huh. So and it's so just, through all this, a group of other, other guys that are in jail with you. And oh, yeah. Come yeah. To this, this same realization of like, son of a, you know, like, this ain't going to work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Uh, we have. Yeah, there, there's actually two of those guys. I stay in contact with a little bit. You know, we're, we're friends on Facebook. You know, I think one's getting married uh, and is really big in their church. I, I know the other one. I know he's staying clean. You know, not quite sure how his uh, how his walk's doing. It's, it's been a long time since we had spoke, but I, I do know one because we'll, we'll talk back and forth. And uh, we used to call him Skinny because he was always so skinny. But uh, yeah, he's, uh, you know, just, just a, a really good man of God. So I, as that went along, I got out of a, uh, out of a, I went to, uh, as I got out of jail, I decided, Hey, you know, I'm going to, um, I'm going to go to a treatment center. And the way this treatment center came about was while you're in jail, you get visits, right? So you get visits. Ours was, uh, um, on a Wednesday, you could come get a visit. Well, you know, they, they, they called my name one Wednesday and, uh, 
you know, I'm sitting there in jail and uh, I'm like, wait, you know, I, my mother just came to visit me. I said, so who could possibly, what bridge have I not burned for them to come visit me? Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I go around there to the monitor, and, you know, you had to sit in the monitor and it took a first second for it to come up and it was my dad. And my dad and I, before that point, hadn't spoken in a year and a half. He was a, uh, you know, like I said in the beginning that he was a, uh, you know, an addict and an alcoholic. You know, he, uh, he had gotten clean prior to. And so while, you know, I'm still on my mess, he was trying to, you know, reach out to me, you know, and speak a little bit of truth, you know, into my life. And, uh, of course, um, you know, whenever you're in the midst of your addiction, uh, you know, you don't want to hear that, especially from somebody that has already been one, right. Or that, that was, you know, that way. And I said a lot of things that I wish that I could have taken back. And at that moment though, I sat there and I saw my father and I, I, I freaked out, you know, and he freaked out. I mean, you just uncontrollable crying and just, you know, going nuts. And it was a fact, you know, I was like, I'm so sorry, dad. And the dad was like, I'm so sorry, son, that I was never there. And it's like, it's okay, dad, because you, you're here now, you know, and God's got this plan and, I'm, you know, we're figuring stuff out. And it was just so amazing. So amazing. Um, and then from that point on, he was like, son, you know, hey, will you go, uh, you know, will you check out a treatment, you know, facility, you know, when you get out? And I was like, you know, dad, that sounds like a great idea. Because um, obviously my way doesn't work. So we're going to try, <laughs> we're going to do some different stuff. And uh, so, um, so I went, we got set up with a, uh, um, treatment facility in Fairview, Oklahoma called Transformation Living Center. Okay. It just so happens while I was there, um, I was there for about six months and uh, one of the first teachers was a man by the name of Chris Eubank. And, uh, you know, if we, we know who Chris is, it's it, my, uh, my wife's dad at the time, obviously wasn't my wife's wife. dad, but yeah. still Brooke's dad. Yeah. And, and, uh, so he came to teach. Yeah, Pastor Chris Eubank. And, um, you know, we had a connection right away. You know, we became really good friends. You know, he and his wife, uh, Tammy, Tammy's actually in the other room over here. Ah. Uh, she's here visiting. And, uh, you know, they, they, they allowed me whenever I got out of treatment to come and, and live with them and, uh, you know, to get on my feet and, you know, find me work. And, you know, then I was able to get a house of my own. Okay. Now back up, back <laughs> up a little bit. Yeah. So this, this six month transformation, I forgot the name of it already. Uh, Transformation Living Center. Transformation Living Center. Fairview, Oklahoma. Fairview, Fairview USA. Yeah, so yeah. You need to listen to it. <laughs> Go there. Um, <laughs> but Chris only has one daughter, so you know you're out of luck on on that. <laughs> right, Chris. Uh-huh. Chris does only have one daughter. Yeah. So what, <laughs> she's all tied up. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So what? Uh, what? What all do they do there? How? How? What's like? What's God do in your life at this time? You know, like, are you still? are you still having a cravings for drugs? Like, like how does this process fit in you? In God's- you know, I, I think by that time, you know, it was, uh, you know, I, I truly believe that it says that, you know, if, uh, you know, that we are a new creation, you know, mm-hmm. the old is gone and the new is here. And, you know, when you get so far on one side of things, you get like, I mean, it was so, you know, people want to talk about rock bottom and everybody's rock bottom is different, but it was so bad that you know when you're presented with jesus and you realize what it is you grab hold with both hands and it's just like and i've prayed and i've prayed and i've prayed and you know what i have i've never had the inkling of wanting to go back even through that amount of time Uh right Uh um so that's that that was pretty amazing um you know while we're there we had different people that would come and teach you know and it'd be uh you know we'd you know some stuff such as uh like teen challenge type material 
Um, I don't know if we know about Teen Challenge. I've heard um, familiar. Yeah, it, it is a uh, faith-based recovery uh, program that they have, but they also have material and stuff that we use. So, 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 so it is all biblically based, you know, on how to deal with, uh, you know, certain stuff I think that the rest of the world might take for granted. Right. Right. You know, because being addicts, you never really grew up. So, you know, you have, you have to relearn how to be an adult, you know, and especially, you know, a Christian adult. Right. So, yeah. So we dealt with a lot of that, you know, we did do work, you know, to be able to pay for our way there. Right. So you go out and mow lawns or, you know, get in a good days of work you know, along with the, with the teachings that we had. And then, uh, you know, there would be Bible studies and, uh, and of course, church. You know, my, my, my favorite was when old Chris Eubank got to come teach, though. That was my favorite. Mm-hmm. So, What kind of stuff was he teaching you? What was he doing? Was he doing anything outside of his teaching time with you? What was as, as well, um, well starting to I remember the very first time he was there, first question he asked, we're all sitting around a table, and he goes, all right, do we want church or do we want the truth? And that right there, that just... That solidified, that solidified how close we were going to be right there. Because, uh-huh. you know, the truth is hard, you know. The, 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 the truth is hard, you know. And, the, whenever, uh, and especially whenever I got out of treatment, you know, it was a fact whether I wanted to, whether I realized it or not, it was, you know, him and his family, um, both he and Tammy, spent such a uh, huge amount of time with me right around the dinner table, going out to go do this, going to games, you know, I mean, whatever the case was, it was, we were doing it together. We were doing, I know it's a, it's a cliche, but we were doing life together. Right. Uh Um, And uh, we were, uh, you know, and in the fact, it always pointed back to Jesus. It Mm -hmm. always pointed back to Jesus. Mm -hmm. And it was, yeah, it was absolutely amazing. I think, I think God put two very special people in my life and, um, and I do believe that he used them to save my life. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, and so they invite you into their home. Uh, was that oh, right? Yeah, to you uh, did you after <laughs> later after everything's better? Were they like, well, we were pretty iffy. <laughs> Everyone feel pretty good about no, it. No, you know, I, I I think it was uh you know it was uh you know like I said it was just you know Chris and I had this 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 bond and um I mean you know I mean in my wedding you know I mean he was he was he was he was one of my groomsmen right. <laughs> I yeah. mean, so it was like, it was, it was just from day one. And, um, you know, I think when you spend that amount of time with somebody, you know, you, you can truly know whether or not they're genuine. Right. I mean, it's just, you know, from, from the things that we talk about to the way that we present ourselves, um, and to, to the way that we love others, you know, it's, you know, if it was, if it was fake, you could only fake it for so long. Right. Uh-huh. You can right. only fake it for so long. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, it was, it was truly a blessing to be able to, uh, you know, God, God orchestrated all that. Yeah. And when so, you live in, yeah. and when you live in their house, it's even harder to fake it. I, exactly. Right? <laughs> exactly. You're like, you're trying not to raid the fridge the whole time. Right. <laughs> right. So, so yeah. jump us and you can go however you want, but, but the next yeah. one, so you get, you get out on your own. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, get on my own, you know, get a house. We go to, uh, we have a family that was from the the church, uh, you know, a little church in Fairview, Oklahoma. A little shout out for Fresh Start Fellowship. We had a uh, we had a family that was living in Ecuador, you know, as as a missionary family, starting a church, going out into the jungle, you know, really beneficial there at the uh, an orphanage called Casa de Fe. You know, we decided, hey, you know, maybe maybe a couple people might need to go down there and see what they're doing and be a part of that, and you know, not only encourage but you know also learn a little bit. Um, and, you know, see what we can help doing, you know? Uh, so, you know, that they asked a few times, you know, who wants to go, who wants to go? And, uh, 
you know, myself, I was coming out of, uh, you know, wasn't making a whole lot of money, but I was able to have a house and, uh, I was paying off my fines left and right. I mean, it was, it was unbelievable the way that God had provided, right. To be able to do this, you know, I was able to finally get my license back after not having it for a long, long time. So then there was this opportunity to go to Ecuador, you know, Tammy Eubank was going to go. She asked if anybody else wanted to go. And I was like, well, you know, she was like a mom to me and she wouldn't let anything bad happen to me. So, <laughs> you know what? Hey, Maybe she'll that hand will go up, right? She'll protect, yeah. she'll protect you down there. You're good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that that little lady is going to protect protect my my big rear end. But uh, so we get, uh, yeah. So I was like, well, you know, if God wants us wants me to go, he'll uh, you know he'll he'll provide a way. So I said, all right. You know, make a make a long story short. We went down there. Uh, Brooke and and a friend that she has actually came from Oakland then, and we came from Oklahoma. Uh, met in Houston and flew down there. And, uh, you know, had, had a really, uh, had a really good time. I was able to, uh, you know, meet some indigenous people out there in the middle of the jungle, you know, very long hike and, uh, hike back out, you know, able to help at the orphanage. That was great. The biggest thing I took back from there was a, uh, a love for a, for a lady, for a woman <laughs> and, uh, that we didn't really expect. So, uh, and that's, you know, that's my wife now. So, so as we are, <laughs> she's over here laughing. So as we, uh, as we came back, um, you know, I decided, Hey, you know, it's, uh, you know, God, this is, you know, this is, I believe this is you talking to me. So I'm going to, I'm going to give this a try. And so I was going to, you know, uh, pursue her. Right. And, um, even though she had really no interest <laughs> at all, <laughs> especially at first. And I was like, you know, but, but I was very open, very upfront, you know, Hey, this is, this is what the plan is. I'm not playing around. This is what the end goal is of at any time. If it's not this, then, you know, let me know. And, uh, and she's like, well, okay, I, I like that. And so, you know, we, we, we talked and I, I proceeded to just pursue and pursue and pursue. There was, there was actually a time when I was like, you know, it's, it's not really getting reciprocated. You know, maybe <laughs> I just need to, maybe I need to back off. And I prayed one last time, you know, God said, Hey, you know, do I, do I keep my promises? You know, do I, do I follow through every time? And, Mm-hmm. of course i had this yes god yeah yeah you do you know and so so then i continued and it was shortly after that you know got uh brooks got her little side of the story there but shortly after that at least on my side um you know she uh <laughs> she went and gave me a call and said hey guess what maybe we need to try this out and so she came here uh once or twice and we hung out and then i came out here once uh to oakland and uh you know we hung out and make a long story short i uh Decided if I was going to come out here, wasn't going to be out here to hang out. So we're going to, you know, we're just, we just might as well do this thing. I gave her a ring on, uh, on Christmas. That was uh, Christmas of 2017, right? Okay. Then uh, we packed up the truck on January the 1st and drove on out to California. Uh-huh. So, yeah. And, and correct me if I'm wrong, just to back up, wasn't Chris kind of a pretty big ad- advocate matchmaking in oh i mean he was i you know i think he was working hard behind the scene you know uh-huh. and, <laughs> you know it was uh and it was <laughs> it was it was, it was, it was pretty funny you know whenever it all came down to it whenever i heard kind of the story you know about uh, him talking about me to to brooke you know he he really didn't mention much to me you know? <laughs> um <laughs> because because he kind of knew that brooke was the one that needs you know some talking into not necessarily me yeah, so, you're you're rare yeah. to go. No encouragement. Well, you know, it was like you know, she walks in the room, the doves fly, the oh, <laughs> you know, it's you know, it's it's Brooke Eubank, right? So yeah, it was uh, you know, it was amazing. And then uh, 
yeah, so we're out here, you know, we, uh, I rented a room in a, a little town away from, uh, from Oakland, you know, not too far, um, you know, from a good Christian couple. We, uh, yeah, we went and came back to Oklahoma, you know, got married. You were there, mm-hmm. you know, on uh, April 28th, flew on back and, yeah. you know, and, yeah. yeah. That's a great story. And here we are. It is, it is, you know, I know. So what, uh, I want to go backwards again in a minute, but what's God doing in your life now? Well, I think right now he's, he's, uh, he's, he's, he's really providing, right? He's, he's, uh, he's also, he's also preparing, you know, Mm -hmm. it was, uh, you know, whenever I got here, it wasn't, uh, you know, how was I going to take care of Brooke and I, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, she was making it beforehand, but you know, you know, you're a, you're a guy, you know, you want to, you want to be the husband, you want to be the man, right? Mm-hmm. so uh you know so i had a little job waiting tables you know that was pretty good um and then you know god had blessed us with a uh you know member at church that had giving uh you know giving me a great opportunity you know god just kind of let me take hold of it so we're doing real good there you know we were able to uh to get a house uh you know or to, to, to rent a house so to have a little we have a bigger place now i have a son coming yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, dicing on the cake there, you know. So it's uh, it's it's amazing to see what God does in such a short amount of time if you honestly just surrender to Him, right? Mm-hmm. If you honestly just grab hold of what He has to offer, um, and and how much that He loves you, um, mm-hmm. it's just absolutely amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah. but as as far as um, kingdom work, is that the question that you were well, going after there? But yeah, but yeah, what's He what's He working yeah. through you? on you yeah yeah so um so currently um you know at the church at the movement um i do teach uh a little bit of sunday school you know there's uh you know some kids there that uh you know the three to five and uh, you know they're just uh <laughs> they're they're a little rambunctious but totally awesome you know and um uh, uh-huh. so you know that's good going through you know bible stories with them um you know so that's really amazing um you know i'm still uh you know we were uh, even back home you know, we always really involved with, you know, the homeless, which a lot of the homeless are, uh, are, uh, you know, a lot of them is, is due to addiction, mm-hmm. you know? And so, you know, I, I was there, right. I mean, I can, you know, I can totally relate to it. And so, you know, we had, uh, you know, so even back home, I had some guys, you know, that would come and live with me, um, you know, in the house and, uh, you know, they'd come to church with us and, you know, we take care of them as a, uh, you know, as, as, as family, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, we're also, you know, trying to start up, you know, something of that nature, you know, not really knowing quite what it looked like, what it, what's going to look like, um, you know, but God's kind of downloaded some things on me, I think for, for ministry with, uh, you know, dealing with, uh, you know, getting the word to the homeless, right. Uh-huh. You know, being out there, just, just loving on them, uh-huh. you know, cause that's, uh, you know, it's, it, 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 it's difficult, right. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, you know, that, you know, seeing the situation that a lot, a lot of the homeless people are in, especially you know, out here in the Bay Area, it's just, it, it's very heart-wrenching, you know, it's very, it's just, it's just really tough, and I, I think that a little bit of love can go a long way, mm-hmm. a little bit of truth and a little bit of love can go a long way, so I'm not quite sure what that, what that's going to look like, you know, me and a couple of either bump some heads together, and you know, we're, we're, we're starting to get it rolling. Yeah, very cool, very cool. Yeah, uh, so jumping back backwards, one of the things that I think is most fascinating that I that I kind of really have wanted to look into for a while. Sorry, I'm getting an old man. Oh, <laughs> so one of the things I'm looking at that I'm interested in specifically, you know, Jesus says Luke nineteen ten, 
for the son of man came to seek and save the lost. All right. Mm -hmm. So from your experience, like looking back, you know, there's a, there's a time where he found you, Mm -hmm. found him or he, I mean, he always knew where you were, but there was a time he connected looking back. Like, do you see, do you see previous times where it was like, he was really there and I just missed him. Are there times where it was like, man, if somebody from the church would have grabbed me at this point in time, right. or did it all orchestrate, you know, like, like as believers, how can we cooperate better with Jesus as he's seeking you know, even the lost? Right. You know, I think that, um, you know, I always like to say God's timing is right on time. It's mm-hmm. right on time every time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I, looking back, I mean, there are points that I think that, you know, you can say, well, you know, if, if God sent a certain person to talk to me here or maybe here, you know, maybe I wouldn't have gone through that or, um, but you know, he, he paints such an amazing picture, even out of the mistakes that I make. Right. I mean, yeah. it's, it's like, okay, Stephen, okay, Stephen, we'll give you another chance. We'll give you another chance. But there were so many times whenever, you know, I mean, just speaking right now, uh, there should be no reason I am. I mean, I should be dead or in prison. Mm-hmm. I mean, if, there were many times whenever I've came into, you know, there was, you know, an instance, um, you know, one time where uh, actually a couple of different times, you know, where a gun's been pointed to my head. Right. I mean, you know, selling drugs, there's, there's many of those times, uh-huh. you know, you're, you're not going to call the police because someone stole your drugs. Right. I right. mean, you're not gonna, you know, it's just, you know, it's just, that's just how that world worked. And, um, you know, luckily, you know, the trigger was pulled, but the bullet never came out of the gun. Right. You know, there were, there were times when I've gotten pulled over with, with a huge amount of drugs in the car, you know, but for some reason the dog didn't smell them. Mm. Right. For some reason, the, the police just let me go and says, Hey, you know, just, Hey, have someone else come pick you up. Mm -hmm. You know, there's, there should be no reason that I'm not with, except for the fact that God had his hand around me the whole time, Uh the entire time. And he's using those times. I mean, if I didn't go through those, there's, there's going to be people in the future. And there have been people that already that I know that my story or just the fact that I'm here is going to help. Uh-huh. Yeah. Right. Right. And I believe that with, with all of it. I mean, why, why else would we go through it, right? If mm-hmm. it's not for a purpose, it's always for a purpose. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the one scripture that I really hold on to is Romans 8.28. It says, in all things we know, that we, and we know that in all things works for those who love them, who have been called according to his purpose. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, when, when I was sitting around with the guys at the table, you know, back home, you know, guys that were, you know, had once been homeless or, um, you know, uh, strung out on meth, right? Or just so lonely that they were thinking about suicide. And I have these guys sitting around the table and it's, you know, I'll let them know. It's like, it's, a, it's not some things, right? It, right. it doesn't say some things. You know, it doesn't say, well, maybe this over here and this over here. He says in all things he uses for the good. And I, and man, I believe that he's so sovereign and he's so good that he uses it all. And sometimes we do have to go through a little bit of that. You know, sometimes you have to go through that little bit of wonder. Well, where's God here? Uh-huh. Maybe we won't, maybe we have to seek him a little bit. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. So yeah. yeah. And even when we're running, you know, I still think he redeems everything. Absolutely. And the yeah. things that Satan would use for evil, he, he uses for good. Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. 
Yeah. yeah. But do you think even even like your your circle of friends, people you know, one of the things that I am most concerned about in the church, American church, is mm-hmm. most of our salvations that I'm aware of. For the most part, it's coming through, you know, like you grew up in the church. There's not that many adults coming to faith, you know, and right. without it, unless we all start having like six or seven, 10 kids, but you, you right. know, Brooke got one down, nine to go. Right. Unless we do that, right. like we, we have to be reaching out and, and adults have to be coming to the Lord. And I think, I think, I don't think Jesus is like absent from that. You know, I think right. that's, a, that's a part of what he wants. So I don't, I don't know if I have the exact right question I want to ask, but maybe from your perspective, if someone says, well, I want to be more involved in grabbing somebody like you or being a part of what you, I want to be a Chris Eubanks. I want to be in someone's life. You know, right. Where would you steer them to? What would you tell them? It all starts with love. I mean, I mean, it has to. And I think to be able to love is we have to understand. And I think that's where a lot of people kind of, they kind of miss the boat. You know, we, we want to go out there and help and we want to, you know, we want to share Jesus with people. But until we understand where those people are coming from, you know, I think that's where you can meet them, right? I mean, it, it, it talks about, you know, the word talks about Jesus meeting us where we are, right? Mm-hmm. You know, it talks about God meeting us where we are. We also have to do that with others, mm-hmm. right? And I think with that, I don't know if this even answers your question, but it, it, it puts away any preconceived notions, you know, it puts away any bias that anybody might have. Right. And you're just, and you're just there. I, I know Brooke was talking about it on the one-on-one relationships when, when you're making disciples, you know, there's, there's something about being just one person and one person, mm-hmm. you know, just being there completely exposed, completely transparent, you know, just completely honest. And I think that's, uh, you know, that's, that's a trick, you know? Yeah. And it's a bit of a challenge for a lot of us. Oh, it, it, it's going to be right. I mean, I mean, it is, you know, and especially if you're reaching across a culture, you know, if you're going, if you're reaching someone that's homeless or a meth addict or an alcoholic and right. Let me say a statement and you address it, but I feel like usually I fix people. Right. Do what now? One more time. Usually, usually, I want to go in and fix people. Like, let me them fix your homeless problem. Let me fix your meth problem. Right. Sure. Right. Um, right. How, how does that come across versus how should I come across, or how should I be? Well, I mean, first of all, we we have to realize that that <laughs> that we can't do anything, right? I mean, it's not, it ain't us uh-huh. to begin with, right? Uh-huh. I mean, so it's just it, it's it, it's got to be it's got to be love and it's got to be the love of Jesus. I mean, I mean, that's where it starts. I mean, you know, we can, you know, the, the Bible commands us to go out there and feed the homeless, right? Uh-huh. It, 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 when it, we were, when Jesus is talking and he's separating the sheep from the goats, right? Mm-hmm. And he's saying, Hey, he's saying, you know, whenever you, when, whenever you fed somebody that was hungry, whenever you, you know, clothed somebody that was naked, whenever you went and visited somebody in prison, right? Whenever you put shelter over somebody that had no shelter, he says, when you did it for the least of those, you've done it for me. So that is a, a command, right? That, that is something that we need to do. That's something that, that's showing love. You know, love is an action. But I also believe that, you know, kind of at the end when it's all said and done, if you don't have Jesus, what, what good was it? Right. Right? What good was it? 
And so our, our number one goal is to be able to do what we're called to do and play the part that Jesus wants us to play the part in uh-huh. to reconcile that relationship, right? To bring somebody back to God. And you know what? We're lucky enough to play a part, you know? Uh-huh. And I think as long as we love them and we're, you know, we're, we're, we're using the word, I mean, you can't go wrong, uh-huh. you know? I mean, I mean, you can't, you know, God's word never comes back void, right? I mean, that's, that's what right. it talks about, right? right? It never comes back void. I might not have the words and <laughs> I like to talk a lot, but seldom do I actually have the right words, right? right. But his word will never, ever fail. Uh-huh. It will never come back void. So even if it's just a snippet, just a little bit of that truth, uh-huh. you know, it'll, it plays a part. Well, I really, I really appreciate getting to hear your story. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks. I always like hearing you know, God's story in people's lives. And I'll look forward to, look forward to hopefully over the next number of years, I'll get to see it continue to expand and develop and uh, we'll see what he does with you. And I'm sure it'll be awesome. Um, <laughs> you know, I mean, it's, uh, you know, he's, he's totally blown my mind so far. You know, like I said, it's, you know, anybody that thinks that they're just in a really bad spot, it's, you know, the whole world changed in three days. I mean, and the fact that three and a half years we've, I mean, I've gone from being in jail, not knowing when I'm getting out, right? A meth addict to, um, married to the woman of my life, you know, having a career, having a child and being able to help others and love others. Uh-huh. I mean, that's just, that doesn't happen. You know, it's, it's, no. it's, it's a miracle. It's Jesus. Yeah. You don't so, get that by, yeah. I'm sure you've had to do some stuff, but you don't get that by pulling, pulling yourself up by your bootstraps. Oh no, no. <laughs> I mean, I mean, pull, pulling up on my bootstraps. We, we've, we've seen that gotten me, right? right. <laughs> we've seen how I do it. So, yeah. Right. Right. Well, that's excellent. I really appreciate it. And I'll, uh, I'll look forward to, to getting this out and sharing that with my listeners. And, uh, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, thanks. I was, I was very, uh, Brooke's like, hey, we're going we're gonna to talk to James. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> I wasn't real prepared what we we're going to talk about or what we we're going to do. So, yeah, that's, uh, yeah, it worked out great. So, yeah, yeah I appreciate it. You have a great story. Tell it as often as you can. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. God bless you guys, and uh, congratulations on that baby. Yeah, God bless you. Thank you, too.